0: Thank you team, good morning. We are glad you're here today and welcome to church and all of you online, we welcome you as well and all in this room. We are excited that you are here today. I am dressed a little more casually and I don't have my headset on because I am not gonna preach today because yesterday Elizabeth and I married our youngest daughter and had an incredible celebration. And so I'm gonna sit in the congregation today, if that's okay, and enjoy the service with you. But we're really excited about what we're gonna do today. We mention all the time about World Lead. World Lead is our missions initiative here at Boca Raton Community Church. And many of you know about it and we've been talking about it and it's been around since I've been the senior pastor and Elizabeth and I have been here 13 or 14 years. It's been a a major part, but we assume a lot of things. We assume you understand what's going on. We assume that you know what's going around the world. We're in 60 different countries. That's 6-0, not 16, but 60 different countries around the world doing work with things and the the tithes that you give, we take tithes from that, and all this incredible stuff is going on. So today we'd like to share about it, and we're gonna do it with two people who are members of our church. One you know very well, the other many of you know. The first one who will come up in just a moment will be Valerie Bell. Valerie and Steve Bell have become members of our church. They were youth pastors of this church when they were very, very young, And interestingly enough, when I was in high school, the first missions trip I ever went on was with Steve and Valerie Bell to Guatemala back when I was a junior in high school. So my missions orientation, a lot of the beginning roots occurred with Steve and Valerie. And Valerie had become more recently the head of Awana International, and you hear a lot about our ministry with Awana, and we have it here in this church. It's also in about 60,000 churches around the world, and she just retired uh, from being the CEO of that, and they've moved, and part of the year they live here, and they're a part of our church. So she's going to share some of the things that Boca Community Church has been involved with over the last dozen or so years, that you can see what God has been doing through and in this church. And then afterwards, another person who you may not be aware is a part of Worldly, but Francois, who preaches for us from time to time, and is, of course, very involved, became involved in our church and Karen as well because of World Lead. We met you in Africa as you were the leaders of Operation Mobilization and all of Sub-Saharan Africa. And when they retired out of that, I said, why don't you come move to this little town in South Florida? And they did about five years ago. And they've been here and they're a part and integrated into our church. And so Francois is going to finish the time. So we're going to have two great speakers this morning to share with us what God is doing around the world in and through us. But if you don't know what world lead is, Cameron's going to come via video and explain it to us, and then Valerie will come up. It's a very exciting time. There'll be a table in the back if you want more information afterwards. You can learn about different things, and of course, go to our website as well. The people from, uh, the team from Ghana came back this week and we've been praying for them and we'll get a report from them later on in the next uh, couple of weeks, we'll hear from them. They had an incredible time in Ghana as well. If this is your first time here, we're glad you're here and you're gonna get a little family time today and learn about our church and what our church does as well. So let's watch this video.
1: One of the ways that we engage the world here at Boca Tone Community Church is through our international ministry called World Lead. Through World Lead, we work with over 120 partners in over 60 countries around the world. These are partners that work with Awana, Food for the Poor, Operation Mobilization, and Pioneers to name a few. Our goal through World Lead is that we would be able to develop them spiritually and through leader development so that they're ready for the positions that they might get in their organization in the future. There's such a need for leadership around the world, and we get to step in and support these partners. One of the great pieces of World Lead is that we get to journey with these partners over the course of many years. And one of the ways that we do that is that we go and see them throughout the year, every year. We take seven international trips, And then once a year, we bring many of them here to Boca. And many of you have been involved in hosting them and showing them hospitality while they're here. And when we're not able to travel, we have Zoom calls all throughout the month so that we're able to encourage, support, share content with, pray with, and discuss their leadership challenges every single month on Zoom but it is so much better to be face to face with them. One of the greatest pieces of working with the same people over the course of many years is that we build relationships with them. We get to know about their lives and their challenges, and we get to be a part of what God is doing through their ministries around the world. When we as a church send trips out to other countries, these are the partners that we wanna go and work with our partners in Panama and Costa Rica to name a few, and most recently in Moldova. You as a church were able to support and raise over $120,000 to be able to send to Moldova for the Ukrainian relief efforts. And our team got to see firsthand the impact that our church is having in Moldova, in Ukraine, and in that region. It is so cool to see that happen. There are three main ways for you to get involved with World League. First, you can host in your home every year during the World Leads Summit. This gives you the opportunity to hear their stories, to laugh with them, to pray with them. And it's a great opportunity that we'll let you know of when it comes. Second is Starfish Treasure. This is our church's alternative giving catalog where we're able to support partners around the world and provide things like coats and sewing machines and soccer balls and Bibles so that they can do their ministry more effectively. This catalog is available all year long, and we provide a new one each winter. We hope you'll go to starfishtreasure.org to take a look. And the third way for you to get involved is to potentially go on an international trip with us. We go to so many different places, and it's so cool to see firsthand what God is doing around the world. We'll release a list of what that is for the next year, and we hope that you'll prayerfully consider going. So cool to see how God can change our life, change our perspective when we take that step and see new things and see how he's moving around the world. We're so thankful for your generosity as a church. 10% of everything that we get as a church goes into World WorldLead. We literally tithe on the tithe. It is such a blessing to be a part of it and we're so thankful for your generosity as a church to make it happen. Thank you.
2: Good morning, I'm Valerie Bell, and I'm here to thank you primarily, but also to tell you about a God story that's happening in this world that also just happens to be our God story. Um, Six and a half years ago, I was called up from the board to be CEO of Awana. And what happened, every day there was a different story that blew me away about some country in the world. So there'd be something about Sri Lanka driving their car until they couldn't get gas anymore and just abandoning the car so they could keep going into uh, places where they hadn't had the gospel before. Things that just blew me away. And I began to realize that I was living Jeremiah 33.3. Call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you don't know of. I was learning so much about the world, and there it was. I had a front row seat every day to what was happening. I want to share some of that with you today. We're living in very negative times. We're addicted to negative news. God is not deterred by what's happening on CBS or Fox or ABC or any of those things. His plan goes on. His plan is written already. And when we call on him, he allows us to be part of that plan. And so I wasn't very long at that job, and it was at a time in my life when I really might have actually been playing pickleball in a 55-plus community. I won't tell you how old I was because a lady doesn't tell her age, right? (laughs) But I found myself in Canada, and I was talking with the director of Canada and a donor. Now, remember, I'm newbie. I'm a newbie at this. So the director talks, and he's very profound. The donor talks, and he's very profound. And I could feel the pressure on me to be something other than what I was. And so I'm going, what do I talk about? What do I talk about? And I remembered that across my desk that week had come a story about Paraguay. Now, don't you wake up every day and wonder what's happening in Paraguay? Yes, it's not one that we often think much about, but here I found myself sharing this story about Paraguay. A man had come for the equipping and training that we do at Awana, and God had moved in his heart and he said, "You know what? When this training is over, I'm getting a boat." And I'm taking that boat up the Paraguay River until I get to a place where no one has ever heard the gospel before. I'm going to a place where there are just no villages, that it's primitive and it's just jungle, and I'm taking a Juana there. And that's what he did. He went for days in a motorboat. He passed villages, he passed civilization until he got to a place where he saw the smoke furling up over a jungle and he thought, that's my people. He parked his boat on the riverbank, he walked through the jungle with all of his Awana material, he got to the center of this uh, very isolated village and he looked down on the ground and there on the ground were all the Awana circles. Somebody beat him to it, and the chief of the village blew a whistle, and out from the jungle came tens of Awana kids, their kids, show them how the jungle does Awana. That's a great story, but it's not over, because the director and this donor started laughing, and the director said to me, Valerie, did you know that this particular donor gave the money for Paraguay? And I was blown away. I was like, God put the words in my mouth. And then he said to the donor, have you ever heard that story? And he said, no. How sad to be part of God's story and to really not know that God has used you in such a way. Sometimes churches don't even know that. So I was called to speak in a church uh, in Naperville. Listen to this story. They had given $60,000 for us to translate Awana in Vietnam. After we left Vietnam, Christianity was pretty much decimated. You couldn't get a job. You couldn't send your children to school. There was great prejudice against Christianity. And so that was not something that uh, engendered a church to keep going. The church was very weak at this time. And so we asked this church if we could get $60,000 from them to translate into Vietnamese. That was 10 years ago. We have 80,000 children who are first-generation believers who come to Awana Club. Yeah, isn't that something? And you know what? They don't even have that many adult leaders to deal with 80,000 kids. So you know they've done something so creative The adults have trained teams of leaders of kids. You would love these kids. They look like American kids. They dress like our kids. You would think that they were our kids. (gasps) They are our kids, aren't they? And so these children, 13, 14, 15-year-old, travel from club to club to club to club and they run those clubs you don't hear an adult voice all you hear are teenagers with great enthusiasm enthusiasm great joy they sing their praise hymns and it hits the roof even though tomorrow school could be yanked out from them even though tomorrow dad could lose his job out of the blue there is a vibrancy to their faith in vietnam so i'm doing like this with that congregation And I can see they don't know their God story. And they come up to me afterwards and say, we didn't know that. We didn't know that God had used us that way. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes individuals, sometimes churches. But I'll tell you something else. When a church gets it right... When we are aligned with God's story and we're not just a meeting place but we're a missional center, there is nothing more beautiful on the face of the earth. My staff teases me about getting crushes on churches. And it's true, I fall in love with some of these beautiful churches. Can we see that first picture? That first church Uh, This is Salem Baptist Church in Dalton, Georgia. You would drive by that church and think, oh, that looks like a lot of churches, right? You wouldn't think maybe too much was happening there, and you would be wrong, because this church is amazing, and it is a church I definitely have a crush on. They have a mission statement that's one word, others, and that's how they live. And so a couple of years ago, they decided at their Awana program that no child was going to come to the Awana program and not know the gospel. Every week, they told her the birth, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, God's son, redeemer of our lives and forgiver of our sins. Every week, they did that. And at the end of the Awana year, they had a problem so many kids had come to Christ that it, they needed a special baptismal service. Forty-one children were baptized. Wow! You're right. It's wow. They were jazzed, and they said, "You know what? We've got that apartment. We've got those trailer courts down there. None of those families come to church. Let's take Awana to the streets." And so they took their children, 12 children between these women who did this, sent their children up to knock on the trailer doors. They brought food. They brought the games. They brought the gospel. They did that every week that summer. And at the end of that summer, I said, how many kids did you end up having come to Awana from Awana in the streets? I'm thinking 50. What were you thinking? 40, maybe? They said, we had eight new kids. And they were jazzed over eight kids. Okay, that's not the end of their story. They're on a roll now. They are so missional. They're starting to think way beyond Dalton, Georgia. And they go, you know what? We could take a whole country and decide to train them. We would, like, own that country. And they took, I believe, Honduras... And they did all of the equipping and training of the leadership for Awana's churches down in Honduras. Hundreds of churches. When you look at that church, you might not fall in love with it until you hear its story. And when you hear its story, it's beautiful because it's a God story. Okay, I want to tell you about this next church. This next church is our church And we are living a tremendous God story. And I want to be sure that you understand how God is using this church all around the world. In 2007, our uh, leadership at Awana decided we've got a million kids, but we could have so many more kids if we weren't charging international for books and vests and all the things that we do for fun here in the United States. They decided to switch the model completely and make it leader-based. Leader-based. So the emphasis is on equipping and training and giving. No money is being made on International Iwana. That was in 2007. We had a million children. Today, wanna just passed the 5 million mark in children around the world. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't do it by ourselves. In 2011, our church made a decision that was just as radical as what the leader-based decision was. You were dealing with debt. And a lot of churches would say, we got to take care of ourselves first, right? We didn't do that. I'm saying we. I wasn't a part of it, but I'm saying it because I'm here now. You decided that you were going to be radically different and missional. And you started World Lead. And in World Lead for Awana, you dealt with about 125 core leaders A hundred and twenty-five came here from time to time to be trained. A hundred and twenty-five were met out on the field by you. And this partnership between Awana and World Lead led to the five million children. There is a direct line from this church to the reach of Awana. Our leaders... Decided, you know what, they're giving it away and we were learning all this stuff. Let's do what they're doing. And they started training on their own. They started equipping and sending out on their own. In fact, we're a little bit like uh, the uh, 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 illustration I started with down the river in Paraguay. You didn't know there was a Juana there. We don't know where Iwana is anymore. We know that it's in slums. We know that it's in uh, refugee camps. We know even in India, it's in bordellos. We find out later. Because these people that we have equipped and trained are amazing leaders. And they multiply and divide all over the world. I asked our international leaders for videos thanking this church I got so many thank yous. I can't play them all. And you would love it if I could show them to you. They put music behind their voices. They put scenery behind their voices. They went for 30 minutes. <laughs> but I am going to play this one. This is Asish, Asish Abraham. He's our Awana Regional Ministry Director. And he wanted to say this to you today.
3: Hello, Boca Church. Greetings to you all in the name of Jesus from Awana, India. My name is Ashish Abraham. I want to thank God for Boca Church and all the World Lead team for taking this initiation and blessing us with the amazing program called World Lead. I am truly blessed and feel privileged to be a part of this World Lead since 2011. World Lead training has helped me very much to develop myself in spiritually and in leadership skills. It has helped me in developing my team and also to develop hundreds of other leaders in India every year. I want to give special thanks to the senior pastor, Bill Mitchell, Sister Elizabeth, Brother John Lucas, Sister Janet, Brother Francois, and all the amazing worldly team for your dedication and God-given gift in developing and executing the excellent training materials to help us. I also want to thank all the Boca Church members who are supporting this big vision with their consistent prayers and generous financial gift. With great appreciation and big thanks to all Boca Church for what you are doing for us. May God continue to bless you more and more. And through you, many, many will be blessed in the leadership field. Thank you.
2: I love how he says Boca Church. You know, to our people, there's one church in Boca. None of the others are here. You are the Boca Church. I love that. And I also love this. Uh, I want to show the next slide because when we trained a handful of leaders in India and Bangladesh and Southeast Asia, this next one, we ended up with 1,119,409 children who attend weekly. Remember, I told you at the beginning of this venture, this God story that Awana and Boca Church went on. You are the Boca Church. Uh, We only had a million children all around the world. Now, in Southeast Asia, in South Asia alone, we have over a million children. And I want to show you this next one. Look what happened in Africa. That happened from a handful of uh, leaders being trained, going to the churches, and it exploded. It just exploded. That is the God story that we are a part of. But that's not all. I want to tell you the story from the past couple of years. In 2020, we wrote a book at Central Iwana called Resilient. And in resilient, we talked about the need for us to be discipled in a resilient way and for us to be discipling our children, not just entertaining them at church. And this was the definition that we used for resilient. It's a quality describing the spiritual elasticity of a child or an adult. The resilient strength to bend and flex but not break against the weight of culture. Folks, what happened globally right after 2020? COVID. We didn't know COVID was coming, but we had a handbook for dealing with uh, difficult times. What does faith look like in crisis? And how do we build discipleship into our children? What are the elements? Our people, living God's story all over the world, did not give up. Oh, they just got more creative. They found ways to go to the internet. They found ways to minister outside of club. They were absolutely undeterred by what was happening. You probably follow Venezuela, and you know how tough it has been for people there financially. The country is unraveling. And on top of that, during COVID, they lost one of their main male leaders, 42, 43 years old. They can't go to the internet. Their children don't have computers. They can't even afford to run off copies on a copy machine. And now they've experienced the death of one of their leaders, a father with young children. And this is what they wrote me. We have decided not to become discouraged. And you know what they did? They wrote out the lessons by hand. And they delivered them personally to all of these children's houses because they were not going to abandon those children during COVID. They were going to live out an amazing God story. I want to take you back to Vietnam during COVID. Many countries uh, simply closed their borders, uh, had lockdowns, so people had to stay in their homes all the time. They had no way to get groceries. They had no way to go to work. It was very, very uh, difficult. And in Vietnam, Vietnam closed all their borders right away. They are neighbors with China, and they don't trust China. Immediately, they closed their borders. Nothing went into Vietnam. Nothing came out of Vietnam. And remember our kids there in Vietnam, 13, 14, 15-year-old leaders? You wonder how they're going to deal with this? Are they going to be part of the God story, or are they going to give up? There's a group of indigenous people in Vietnam called the Hmong people, H-M-O-N-G. They live in the mountains. They are the underbelly of the Vietnamese culture. Their parents, many of their parents abandoned them and went to China to work. The churches asked the government, will you help us take care of these abandoned children, hundreds of them? And the government said, no, they're Christians. They're not our problem. They're your problem. These Awana churches with such a young population of believers took in and are still caring for hundreds of Hmong, abandoned children. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and wondrous things thou knowest not. Right? I will show you God's story. I will show you how you can fit in. I can show you my plan for the world and how it's working out. During COVID, our people didn't give up. They kept on, and now they are in Ukraine. There were 25,000 children who were attending Awana in Ukraine when the war broke out. And now they are dispersed. And a lot of our people are fighting the war in different ways, but they have followed the children. And in the places where the children have found refuge, they have set up a VBS programs, they set up Awana programs. In a world crisis that we could not anticipate... The leaders you trained and we cared for were there for the world's children. Only God, right? Only God. Call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show thee great and mighty things thou knowest not. You see, God has a plan, He has a story. And he invites us to be a major part of that story. He invites us to turn our souls and our minds and our spirits away from Satan's plan and the evil he's brought into the world and to become the most optimistic people on the face of the earth because he has not abandoned us. He has not abandoned the world. He has not abandoned the church. He has not abandoned one child on the face of the earth. I still haven't told you the best story. This one, I hope, blows you away. I hope this one shakes you up, because every time I tell it, it shakes me up just a little bit. I'm going to go back to six and a half years ago when I took that job, and all of a sudden, 132 country stories are coming across my desk. African leaders came to me, and they said, Valerie Bell, do you know what's happening in Africa? And of course, I didn't, because I was new. And I said, no, but I bet you're going to tell me, aren't you? They said, yeah. They said, oil money is coming into Africa from the Middle East. And with that oil money, they are building mosques with free schools. Anybody can go to a free school, you just have to come to mosque. Even Christian families couldn't say no to that, and there was an influx, a rise away from Christianity into the Muslim faith because of these free schools. This troubled me deeply, and they looked at Awana as a wealthy American ministry, and they kind of thought maybe we could do something about it. We don't have oil money. And I said to uh, them, you know, I wish that I could help you. But in my head, I was thinking, why don't we have a global strategy? Why can't ministries come together and do something that's highly impacting in places where we need to have a high presence? Another year went by. Another year went by. Nothing happened. And then I started to hear this story out of Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. They said that all that equipping and training World Lead had done with Awana that some public school teachers had come and gotten trained. And those teachers said everything's a mess in our schools right now. Why don't we bring Awana into our school and try it in our public school? And that's what they did. They brought Awana to their public school, and it wasn't long before things started to change. They had 70% less discipline issues. They had 40% more uh, homework that was coming back. They had better relationships with the parents of the kids. And it got to be kind of an, a thing, so much so that the secretary of the Department of Education, that's the highest level of education in Zimbabwe, decided to visit this public school. She was so blown away and so touched by the whole thing that she said, we need Awana in all the public schools of Zimbabwe. Wow is right. And all the public schools of Zimbabwe. Isn't that amazing? And I had been spending all those years telling God he needed to build churches with schools and how he was supposed to save Africa. And he had a story and a plan that was much, much better, right? And so we wanted to do that. We didn't have the money to do that. Listen to this. Wes Stafford, who used to be the president of Compassion International for 40 years, 30 or 40 years, is on the Iwana board. He said, this is the greatest missional opportunity the church has ever had in my lifetime. He went back to Compassion, and Compassion helped fund the early stages of public school Iwana in Zimbabwe. We've been working at it for a while now. If we are able to go into all the public schools and to finance that, that will be 3 million children in Zimbabwe alone. And right now, we're in July, we are already w- reaching 350,000 Zimbabwe uh, public school students in 1,340 schools. Wouldn't you love that to happen in the United States? Okay, so it's not over. Don't clap yet. It's not over. (laughs) So guess what? Other countries started hearing about the improvement in the schools, in the public schools. And now there are six other countries, that's seven in all. If we can raise $9 million, we will be able to reach all these African children. Listen that would change not only the future of Africa, that would change the future of the world. Oh, you say $9 million is a lot. You forgot. This is not an Awana story. This is not the Boca Church story. This is the God story. And we know that God creatively supplies for the things that he plans He will provide and show us the great and mighty things we don't know about. Maybe in a couple years I'll come back and tell you how that $9 million came in. This is all possible under God's uh, uh, plan, under his dreams. Let's dream big. Let's take advantage of these opportunities that arise. Um, I want to tell you that we believe that God has opened the doors. And we believe that because God has opened the doors, it is his story that we are all participating in. If you feel a nudge, if you think, wow, I'd like to be part of that story, I actually heard from Boca Church a couple of wows while I was talking. And maybe you have a wow inside you that you didn't express. (laughs) Maybe that's the spirit of God. Asking you to think about changing Africa in that way. In the back, I've brought a couple things. I think I have some Awana children back there who are dressed in their Awana clothes. And they're going to hand this out to you. If you want to know more about the countries that are asking us to come, if you'd like to know uh, kind of the history of it, and you want to put this up on your fridge and pray, or you have friends that you'd like to share it with, if you happen to have $9 million sitting in an account that you aren't doing anything with, please come talk to me. (laughs) <laughs> and then we also have this this is Awana around the world people ask me all the time are you in this country are you in this country are you in this country this is fascinating this shows you the 132 countries that we're in and the, all the places that we minister to 5 million children every week I would also put that up somewhere and pray for all of those kids because when the world falls apart, they're the first ones to fall through the cracks. And I want to tell you that because of the training here, world lead, uh, we have a very resilient group of leaders. And they are not going any way they, where they are not abandoning these, t- these children. All right, and I have one last thing I want to tell you about. Um, You know that parents are the primary uh, soil for children to grow in spiritually. That's, we assume. But a lot of us don't really know how to talk to our kids or our grandkids about spiritual things. Where do we start? What do we say? You know, how far do we go? All those kinds of things. We want to. We want to be the primary disciplers of our kids and grandkids, but we need help with that sometime. I don't want, we heard that. We heard the need for uh, something that would help us have those kind of spiritual conversations in the car and around the table at home and when we're just doing life with each other. And so we came up with a product. It's a subscription product you'd usually call "talk about." And that's what it does. It gives you things to talk about and how to lead the conversation, how to do this with a generation that's much younger than you. OK, because I love you. I am going to make this free to all of us. Every home that wants it, you can go to talkaboutdiscipleship.com, use the code VBELL, and for a month you can try that. If we end up with a group of people who love it and want to keep doing it, it's going to be on me. I am going to treat this church to that, and I have not given this to any other church, not even Salem Baptist Church. I did not give it to them. You are the Boca Church, and I'm giving this to you, and I hope you will use it and tell me how it worked, whether it really helped you or not. And so um, thank you for having me today. Uh, Thank you for being the Boca Church. Uh, Thank you for living out a God story that is incredible. I don't know another church In all the world who has the God story, this particular church has. So be very proud in a spiritual way. Know that you have followed God's leading all this time. And you're starting to see incredible fruit. Call unto me and I will answer thee. And I will show thee great and mighty things thou knowest not. Thank you.
4: Thank you, Valerie. Shall we also give God, because it's a God story, a very big thank you. It's such a privilege to be with you this morning. And after hearing God's story, the question in my own mind was, how can we join God in what He is doing? This is what God is doing through Awana. We have 12 other partners that this church is working with. And I'm wrestling, God, you've gifted this church in an exceptional way. 12 years ago, Karen and I were in Africa working with OM, Operation Mobilization. We are passionate about leader development, and we always realize that the bottleneck for seeing God's work expanding is the lack of leaders. And then Pastor Bill and Elizabeth and John Lucas came to Africa. And from there, we have knitted a tremendous relationship. And when we finished our responsibility there, they invited us to come and be with you as a church. And you've just been a huge, incredible, amazing, amazing, as we say in Africa, blessing to us. And we just want to say thank you so much. So even us being here has been part of your vision for Worldly But World Lead is just one of four leader development initiatives that this church has. This coming week, we have City Lead, Boca. If you've not got your ticket yet, please get it. Thursday at 12 o'clock in the dining room. Please come and join us for that. That leadership initiative is for business leaders. World Lead is for mission leaders. The third one that the church has is church lead. God has gifted us with a great number of great leaders in the church. And many of you have been participating in that and we will soon start the next year's church lead as well. And then the fourth one that we are so excited about that ties in so much with what Valerie was sharing with us this morning is student lead. Wendy and her personnel at the school, the head of school, have decided to start at middle school and look at the main leaders in the school. And we are starting a journey starting this Saturday with them for the next years. Student lead, please pray for that as well. In closing, I hope you brought your lunch with you because we're gonna be here for a while. No, I won't be long. <laughs> Just give me 10 minutes and I'll be finished. We will say grace before we go. Let's just pray together. (laughs) Our Father, we just stand amazed in awe of what you are doing. Thank you for Valerie and Steve, for their leadership. Thank you that they can be part of us here, this, this local congregation as well. And Lord, I pray now that you will help us to understand how can we join you in what you are doing. You are working in such extraordinary ways, and we have a desire not to be part of the Left Behind series, but to really be part of moving with you. Lead us through your word this morning, please. Amen. I love the verse that Valerie quoted to us, Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Can I start with verse 2? Verse 2 says, thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Three times he says, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Normally when we write a letter, we sign it at the end with our signature to say, this is who I am. The Lord comes and he signs it from the beginning, huge, and he says, now call upon me. This is the one that you are talking to. How can we join God in what he is doing? In Revelation, we have John recording what Jesus was saying to him on the Isle of Patmos. And as he was writing to the church in Laodicea, he talked about three different people. He talked about cold people, talked about lukewarm people, and he talked about hot people. This morning, I just want to pause for a moment at each one of them and ask the question, how can I, as a cold person, join God in what He is doing? Beloved, God has an amazing plan for your life. God loves you. He has a hope and a future for you. We as mankind, we have a huge problem because we have sinned and our sin has separated us from God. And the wages of our sin is death. But God so loved us, so desired to be reconciled with us that he made a plan. He sent his son Jesus to die on that cross, in our place. And now we need to make a decision. We need to respond. And the response is threefold. Do I believe this? Do I really believe Jesus died for me? Second one, do I receive him as my Savior? And then the third one, for all these years I have lived with my back towards God. I need to repent, I need to turn around, and I need to receive him. You are cold because you've not been reunited with God. Before the foundation of this world, you were part of his plan for today. You have been born for a time like this. In preparation for this morning, there was such an urgency on my heart for those of you that are still cold. Cold. Today is the day of salvation. Those that are online, please do not procrastinate. Please don't wait till tomorrow or the next day. Today, today is your day. And just to help facilitate that, would you be willing to all of us pray out loud the prayer of salvation? Would you be willing to do that? so loud that your neighbor can hear you don't just brr, 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 brr. just say it a little bit louder so that those next to you can feel comfortable also to say their prayer of moving from cold to hot let's pray together our father, our father. Thank, you for your love for me. thank you for your love for me thank you that you have a plan for my life to give me a hope hope and a future. future. I repent today today of my sinful life. life. I believe in you. you. I choose to accept you and become your son and daughter. Amen. Amen. If you've prayed that today, even online, please come and connect with us afterwards because it's like giving birth. You cannot be left alone now. You need somebody to journey with you. If you don't have a Bible, in the pews there are Bibles. Take one home with you. Three things that is so critical for you on this new journey is to read God's word, to pray, to pray means simply to talk to him. This verse says, call upon my name. Call upon me, and I will answer you. It's not just one-way traffic. Stop to listen. He want to speak to you as well. And the third thing that you need is family. You need community. You need others to journey with you. It's not a journey that you can take all by yourself. The second group of people, are those that are lukewarm. What would you say is the difference between being thirsty and being dehydrated? When you are thirsty, you take a sip, and you feel much better. You quench your thirst. The thirsty are those that are hot. They thirst after God. But if you are dehydrated, you don't know it. You may struggle with a headache. You may struggle with some nauseous feeling. But it also has a double negative if you are dehydrated. You don't just have a headache, you also become a headache to other people. (laughs) You don't just be nauseous, you also cause nausea in other people. Please don't begin to call your spouse or somebody on your house. Are you struggling with dehydration? (laughs) Don't teach it to your children, they're going to embarrass you. (laughs) But you get the moral of the story. If we are lukewarm, we are dehydrated, spiritually speaking. How do we change that? How do we turn it around? Simple, saints. Get back to God and his word. Walk with Jesus again. Read his word. Call upon his name as he has said. And he will answer you. And he will tell you great and hidden things, mighty things, wonderful things. Depends which translation you are looking at. I so love Jim Good's testimony that he gave the other day. He said God was about number nine, ten on my priority list. And then he realized, but God needs to be number one. So he started working very hard, reading scripture, praying, living the good life, the better life. And as he was improving, he felt in his relationship with God, God stopped him one day and said, Jim, what are you doing? I'm not a priority in your life. I am the list. In Him we live and dwell and have our being. He is our list. He forms the context from which we live. How many of you woke up this morning and said, I better give priority to some breathing today? It's totally ridiculous. Because if you stop, we have a funeral. It is the same with dehydration. If you continue your dehydration... You are going to end up in a very, very difficult situation. Are you willing to say a dehydration prayer with me this morning? You ready? Now you're not so convinced. (laughs) Let's pray out loud again. Just after me, please. Our Father. Father. Forgive me, please. that That I have become lukewarm maybe even a headache, or making others nauseous. I turn around today, Lord. I join you, Father, in what you are doing. Thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to the last one, and that is the hot people. He says, call upon me, and I will answer you, and I will tell you. All we have to do is do the calling. He comes back double, triple. Can I ask you that are passionate about the Lord Jesus, Let's pray that we can join God in what Valerie said with us in what he is doing. Can I ask you to pray? Because prayer means we are opening up our hearts to feel what God is feeling. It opens up our eyes to see what God is seeing. It opens up our hands to do what God is doing. We're going to close a little bit different this morning. Can I ask all of you to stand, please? I want to ask you to form small groups of two or three, not more than four. Just form small groups where you stand with the saints around you, please. Twos or threes, not more than four, please. Just form small groups, please. And then I'll tell you what we're going to do. In your group, Maybe one or two or three of you can just lead in a simple prayer of commitment, of rededication, of just saying, God, we have heard such amazing stories of what you are doing. We as a group, we just want to commit ourselves to join you in what you are doing. Touch our hearts, touch our eyes, and touch our hands. And then Clay is going to close us off in a song. Will you do that, please? Just in your small groups, let's pray together.